Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Travel Tales podcast with my guest, Justin Rosenfeld. I'm Mike Siegel, the host of the Travel Tales podcast. And if you'd like to contact me, why don't you start by going to the website at TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can write me at Mike at TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at TravelTalesPod. And at the website, there's a link to iTunes. So you can click on that link. Go right to iTunes and subscribe for free, the best price ever. And while you're on iTunes, why not give us a good rating? It's the only thing I've ever asked. I know I say this all the time, and I'm sorry to be a broken record, but uh, you give us a good rating, and that helps people find the show. It moves us up in the list, and I want to get to be one of the uh, bigger, if not the biggest, travel podcast. Uh, Justin is my guest today. We'll talk uh, a lot about uh, his travels around the world, and I admire him because he uh, walked the walk. He did what a lot of people always talk about doing. He left his job and took off around the world. Hey, I can identify. (laughs) Absolutely. So please, please enjoy my talk with the lovely and talented, I call him lovely, he's a good guy, Justin Rosenfeld. Enjoy. 96 degrees in the shade, real hot, oh yes, in the shade. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm here with Justin Rosenfeld. Thank you, thank you, Mike. Happy to be here. And by the name Justin Rosenfeld, you think, what is this nice Irish boy doing here? <laughs> uh, having a pint. <laughs> so, uh, for people who don't know you, and I'm going to assume that's everybody who's listening. Probably. Uh, we know each other from, we worked together at Extra. We did. At T- for TBS. That is correct. And you were in production there. What was, was your official title? I was a glorified production assistant. Glorified production yes. assistant. And... You did what uh, a lot of people talk about doing, which is basically you quit. I did. Uh, to travel the world. Quit, uh, sold all my furniture, more or less all my world possessions <laughs> other than the things I absolutely couldn't do without. And uh, yeah, jumped on a plane, got the hell out. For a year, I think you were traveling, right? Uh, well, actually now, at this point, it's been on and off for almost three years. You're st- oh, you're still considering... Well, you- until uh, as unemployment of, doesn't count as traveling. The no, world. that is correct. As of Mar- <laughs> March of this year, uh, we are no longer traveling. Okay, officially. So, but you didn't. You weren't gone the whole time. You, no, you came back. We came back, but I, I I would still call it traveling because we haven't actually uh, relocated and uh, and solidified <laughs> any kind of a base uh, base camp anywhere. So until recently, we have been uh, vagabonds more or less. And that's an important detail. You didn't uh, do this on your own. You went with no, your girlfriend. That is correct. And in fact, I would say she was. Uh, Probably about eighty uh, percent the motivating factor on on our travels. Really? Yeah, I'd so, like to take credit. But. So you're saying I should have brought her in here instead you of sh- you? You should have brought her, although she wouldn't have had much to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one that you're can the talk talker. Of, I'm the talker. I'm okay. the, she's the numbers girl. She's the accountant. So okay, how long were you? This because this is a pretty bold move. It now, was a very you're bold a young move. fella. I am 32 as of two weeks ago. Are you really? Yeah, really. Oh my god! I wish I could say I was younger, but you always seemed like 12 to me. I sometimes I think I still am 12. <laughs> So, how long were you guys going out before you went? We, well, 
it's it's hard to say because we we actually were going out for just over a year. However, we were planning this trip for just just almost a year. So we were probably less than six months into our relationship when we decided we were going to travel. Okay, and your girlfriend's name is? Her name is Natalie. Natalie. Yes. So of you and Natalie, who was the more experienced traveler? Uh, neither, to tell you the truth. Okay. We, I mean, we both have traveled, but neither had done anything remotely like we have been doing, so and it was uh, different. What was the original plan for how long? You were going to leave for a year, or was this like a you just planned to do this continuously? The original plan was actually not to come back. We were originally planning on doing a trip and then relocating in Europe, and uh, that became financially... Uh, <laughs> You're like, impossible. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's kind of pricey. <laughs> well, after three months of traveling uh, backpacker style, we uh, we got to we got to France and realized, hey, it's kind of expensive here. And mm-hmm. even with the help that we had, I mean, my my girlfriend and Natalie's mother lives in the south of France, so we had a place to stay. I have a lot of friends there, but uh, yeah, it was just not not financially viable at the time. So we ended up back in the states and uh, traveling more. So break down the uh, the original itinerary and w- where did you end up going? Original itinerary, we uh, we did about a three month trip. Uh, started in Bali in Indonesia. Good place to start. It was a very it was a very good place to start considering neither one of us had been anywhere outside of of either you know Europe or. North America. Wow! So n- neither of you had been to Asia. Neither of us had been anywhere even close to Asia. Well, so it was wow. a, it was a, That's jumping both feet in. Well, it was also the price was right as far as the kind of trip we wanted to do. Uh, it was one of the few places on the on the planet where you can actually do it on the cheap and really really stretch your dollar far. So we started in Bali. We did about three weeks in Bali, and uh, from there we. Basically did all of Southeast Asia. We did Vietnam. We did the entire coast of Vietnam, moved into Laos, came back down into Thailand, and kind of wrapped our way back into Cambodia. Uh, and we actually made a little stopover in, in Singapore along the way. So we kind of got uh, got that whole region out of the way in about three months, and uh, and then we went to Europe. Now, when you say – see, now you were planning only three months there. We, we knew this three was months, kind of loose, yes. though. I mean, was there like a deadline in in Europe you wanted to hit, or did you leave it open and it was like, well, if we really like it here, we can stay longer? We tried to keep things as open-ended as we could. As far as the three months in Asia, we absolutely uh, picked our cities as we went along. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, we knew our in-and-out date of the region, but we had no clue, <laughs> no clue at all when it, when it was actually going to be you know in each individual city or country. It kind of just – Happened organically. Well, you so. picked it all well. I mean, all those countries I've been to, and uh, they're awesome. Yeah, all great countries. Tell me your favorites and least favorites. I would say favorite, and I, I even hate to do this because I don't want people to go there because that's kind of what we liked about it, was in Laos, and it was a city called Luang, Luang Prabang. Of course. Ah, I was going to say that. The, uh, the uh, beautiful... Uh, that's where I was. That's that, the only place I was at. And it's, a, it's, a, it's really, a, to me, it's a really a magical place. Uh, you've got a lot of dense forests, especially if you fly in. If you get the luxury of flying in, that's what I you did. fly over a canopy of green, and that's all you see until you basically get to Luang Prabang. So we had a lot of fun. We met some really interesting people from all over the globe there. Uh, we were lucky enough when we were there that there was a Buddhist uh, festival going on. So you're familiar with it. There's mm-hmm. a lot of Buddhist monasteries in the city, and yeah, yeah. they have Buddhist monks all over the place. When we were there, uh, there was a festival going on where the streets at sunrise were lined by all of the locals. And basically, uh, the monks would line up with a big giant urn that they would each carry 
and the villagers would take turns giving each of them a bit of food, either a little bit of sticky rice or whatever things they had around, and that's how they would eat because they don't they don't make money. And uh, what was really fascinating about it is actually when they were done, they would turn around to one of the smaller streets, the monks would, and all of the orphan children were lying in the streets with plastic bags or whatever they could carry food in, and the monks would give a little bit of their food to all of the children. Oh, wow. So it was kind of – this was real trickle-down uh, yeah. economics at, at play here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was beautiful. I learned about uh – uh, the monks and everything there. I thought they would be. I don't know. I thought they would be like priests here. You mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they. This is something they've chosen as a. You know, and it's a very. You know, I don't know. Monastic kind yes, of thing. Absolutely. But really, it's it's kind of like a rite of passage for young men. Like they all, almost all of them, go through it. It seems it's almost way, like yeah. a draft. It you is. Know? It's, it's kind of their it's like joining the army for a year. <laughs> And they do that. It's just part of like, you know, it's like their bar mitzvah or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Which I was just at one Saturday. Yeah, it's That's part of like being a man. You know, you, you go through it and then they just come out and then they'll leave a regular life. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, even. <laughs> and I thought it was something they did like their whole lives. You know, I thought there was like a lifetime commitment. I think some do. I yeah, think some I, do. You see some old, some old guys uh, yeah. kind of running things at the, uh, at the various. Uh, Various facilities, yeah. facilities that they have, but uh, but you don't see like eighteen year olds here going off to preschool for a year, and no. then they you know six months, and then they're okay, we're done with that. Now we can go be that, a carpenter or whatever. Very true, and I and I actually <laughs> my my uh, my feeling before I had gone was that these people took their Buddhist monk, I don't even know what the title you would call it, but they took it very seriously, and. Uh, and then actually experience it, seeing all the young the young guys. They're all playing, you know. They're joking yeah, they're around right. with each other. They're normal normal guys. Just happen to be bald and wearing robes. <laughs> yeah, that's really the difference. <laughs> yeah, really. That's one of those towns, Luang Prabang, where it's like you were there a week, and it feels like a couple days. You know, you're just going, where, where did the time go? And we're that's actually what happened. Out. We uh, we initially plan on staying about three days, and we spent about ten. So yeah. my friend Nick, who was here, who's Australian, we had talked about that too as well. But he had, he mentioned to me, uh, I can't remember if he did it on the show or off, but how Luang Prabang is just, it's getting more and more partying. Like, it's yeah. it's, it's getting a little, I think they, and they cracked down on it? Did they really uh, well, crack down on it, I heard? If they did, then that's been between Was it really the time partying when you were there? It, it wasn't. Well, the thing that I was that I was hearing was uh, just south of Luang Prabang, there's Vien, Vien, Vien uh, how do you say this? Vien Viang, I think it's called or something like that. Vien Viang. And I, I'm mm-hmm. probably butchering this, but no, this, it's perfect. This was uh, <laughs> this was a little town where all of the basically Westerners would That's go all the backpackers, and uh, they would rent out uh, inner tubes, and they'd ride the Mekong yes, River, yes. and there was bars set up along the river where you could kind of. Paddle yourself to the side and have a drink. So you did get a lot of that crowd that I'm sure went up to Luang Prabang, but I feel like more of the party vibe was south. Yeah. No, it was a beautiful town. It was also really – you were lucky you were there with a girl because I'm walking down these streets (laughs) and it's beautiful. These little cafes overlooking the river and Mm -hmm. these lights and I'm just going, oh, it's it's so romantic. And just being solo there, you're like, no. Well, you know, there's 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 trade offs for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah. Traveling with the with the significant other. I gotta say, you guys were only going out a year, and to commit to this, this is a pretty big. You're you're, you're bold. That was a bold move, man. Bold or crazy, a little bit of both, something like that. And you, you're still going out, so it we're must still, have worked we out. Still are. Well, she's at this point, she's a. Uh, as as she would say, she's got me pretty much on lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> we have known each other almost a decade, and okay. it, it, it it's not like we had met and made this decision. We have been friends for a long time, so that probably helped a okay, lot. Okay, well, give me uh, some tips on traveling with somebody because I still over twenty years I haven't found out that one person I can just hang out with 
24-7 for months on end. Well, I think the first thing I would say is the reality is you, you just can't hang right. out with someone that much and, and it be smooth. So my first piece of advice would be prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Um, <laughs> the first trip, we we definitely had uh, plenty of, uh, of, of tiffs along the way. Um, if for no other reason than just people travel differently, I'm much more of uh, kind of soak up the the local vibe and and kind of move at a slower pace. And she's kind of at ten o'clock. We're here at eleven thirty. We're oh, here, and right. and so I mean, as if you're traveling with somebody that's on your exact frame of mind as far as traveling is concerned, it's probably a little easier. Uh, <laughs> if you're traveling with uh, with a partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife, it's probably not going to be the case, is my guess. Yeah. Did you fall into little roles like, okay, I'm the guy with the map and you're the one who handles the money? Or did this Absolutely. Sort of... Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. You end up with your own little jobs. Uh, I was definitely the one holding the money just in case someone wanted to rob us. It would be me that gets stabbed instead of her, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she was definitely... Uh, handling the map she was definitely the 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 guide of of sense of direction things like that i i just i failed miserably in that department so she uh i got better though in my defense over over time you travel you start to f- figure these things oh, out yeah you'll get it so over uh southeast asia did you do mostly flights or buses or how did you get around it was an it was a complete Trains? combination of yeah. of everything and anything available uh we did uh, a lot of buses and some really uh, really intense bus rides mm-hmm. over over the time we were there. Um, you've been there. I don't know how, if you have or not, but uh, we did a few sleeper buses, as they like to call them. Yeah, I did them in uh, in Vietnam. And so did we. You're so lucky. Did we. And, and I envied. That was the one time I envied guys that were uh, much shorter than me. Well, I they am were not much shorter than you. Yeah, and they were not. Uh, <laughs> they were not built for uh, giant white dudes. Mm-mm. And I'm only six feet tall, so it's just like I can't. I, I was crammed in that thing, and I. The first sleeper bus, I just took them in Vietnam mostly. So did we. That's and the ones that I took, I took one, where was I going from? Like Da Nang to, or I definitely took one from Mui Ne mm-hmm. to Saigon. That's a nice and long I, ride. Yeah, that, was, that one was about like three, four hours. That one wasn't bad. No, that really wasn't. The other one was an overnight, oh, where was I coming from? Da Nang maybe, or Nha Trang, down to Mui Ne. And uh, that was the one I promised myself I wasn't going to take another one after that. And then I realized, really, the best and only, almost only way to get from Mooney to Saigon was that I got to get in that bus. Mm-hmm. I got to get back. And I'm like, oh, no. In a lot of cases, they don't even offer anything but the overnight yes. bus. And try to describe them to people. They're, they're like double-decker. Well, I mean, there's like bunk beds it's along bunk beds. the sides, basically. I'm sure they're not all identical, but uh, for the most part, they're, they're bunk beds, full-size buses, and I'm about five foot eight, and and it's cramped for me. Yeah. So anyone six foot plus, I mean, there was plenty of guys really from uh, like from big Dutch guys. Yeah, and, and in fact, there were several Dutch guys on who are on enormous. Some, these guys who are all six foot plus. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> they used the word sleeper very, very mm-hmm. liberally <laughs> to even think about calling that. And that's not even to mention the fact that, at least in my experience, the drivers of these buses think they're Formula One drivers. <laughs> and, uh, and the roads are not smooth paved Los Angeles. No, I shouldn't no. even use Los Angeles for smooth paved roads. But you <laughs> no, know what I mean. smoother than most cities. <laughs> so, yeah, that was oh, uh, you kind of had to surrender that this may be your last day of, uh, of life on planet Earth. And just hope that you wake up in the morning. What was your take on Vietnam? I, I just been back. I, this time I did last year the coast. Up and down. I started in uh, Hanoi, which I had been to once before, mm-hmm. 
But I'd never been south, so I went from Hanoi down to Hue. Yeah. And then Hue. Hoi An, mm-hmm. Nha Trang, or Da Nang. They're right there. Nha Trang, yeah, yeah. Nha Trang. And then uh, Muine, and then Saigon. I, I did exactly what you did more or less, only reversed. I went south went to north. north. Okay. Um, I loved Vietnam. I thought, I thought uh, as far as as far as the the geographic layout, as far as beaches and things like that, I thought it was beautiful. Beautiful place. Um, it had some really amazing red clays, almost Grand Canyon like in some of the places that I saw, which I thought were beautiful. Uh, overall, as far as all the countries that I've been in Southeast Asia, and maybe this was just my experience, I felt like the Vietnamese were maybe more aggressive to travelers than some of the other places I've been in terms of like, buy this, come here, yeah, they were, that, that they're kind pretty of thing. in your face. They're very in your face. Even if you're in a restaurant, little kids coming and trying to make you buy things and things like that while you're, you're trying to eat. So I did love it. I did feel like it was, it, it required a little bit more of a, of that thick skin to deal with that, that kind of interaction with people. Um, Vietnam was the only place I told a local to fuck off. Uh, yeah, you know, I, it was I in probably, Hanoi. I probably did that a few times, and, and, and this guy was, would I, not leave me alone. He was on a motorcycle trying to sell me like books or something that he had with him, and I said no fifty times. Mm-hmm. And by the fifty-first time, I, t- I said fuck off. And he understood that. Oh, that he understood. I think, I think they then, all uh, understand that. Yeah, and then uh, I, then he started yelling at me, and I was like, "What am I going to fight this?" This kid was like fifteen, oh, man. and I'm sure I would get a fair trial. Yeah, right. And, uh, Very fair. <laughs> First of all, American. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you're going to get a real fair if you get a trial at all. Yeah, if you even get in front of a judge or oh, anything God. even remotely yeah. close. I can't even imagine. So I just like, okay, so take a step back. But it does get intense, you know, after a while. It does. And, and uh, the heat doesn't help. No, the heat doesn't help. And, and I was there shorter. in full blown, full blown oh, uh, peak summertime for Ooh. the first trip. Yeah, yeah that's a in tough fact, one. my first week in Southeast Asia when we were in actually in Bali still. Bali's I remember, hot. Bali is oh, hot. My God, and, I was dying. Uh, and this is. Yeah, this is this is literally middle of summer, so we're talking June, July, and it is uh, it is so intense that after one week, I and you can if you ever get the chance to talk to Natalie about this, <laughs> I uh, I stopped on the middle of the road and sat down on the curb and refused to move for about an hour. I was so fatigued from the from the. It's not even the heat, the humidity, it's the humidity that's really just painfully hot. Yeah, Bali was just that was that was one place that. Uh, I remember I was calling on the phone, trying to deal with, or was trying to book something online, mm-hmm. and I had so I had a porch outside my room, and then one the bedroom itself was air conditioning, and so I was outside on the porch doing it, and then I was just getting, you know, you starting to sweat just sitting there, and you're doing nothing, you're just sweating, and uh, I was just getting angry, and my computer wasn't working, and then I was just I was that's it, I'm I'm just breakdown, you, yes, and I was just like I, I just got to go into the air conditioning and sit. And just do nothing for a while because it just you snap you snap you after do, a while. You do. And I Singapore actually got a lot of fights. That Singapore is hot too. Singapore is hot too. Although Singapore, it's, you can at least you, duck into a. It's you a city. have so it, many options for yeah. air conditioned buildings, and and so you almost forget. It's Singapore is almost like being in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little more intense the heat, but you have more abilities to escape. Yeah, it's it. clean and modern and everything. Very clean and modern. What did you think of it? Um. Uh, well, the food is amazing. The food is amazing. If you are a foodie, Singapore is a great place oh, it's to awesome. go. Um, and and it's really it's really surreal because even if you're in in any mall across Singapore, and it's four thirty in the afternoon, there's a line to get into the crummiest of restaurants, <laughs> which I mean you just don't get here. Yeah, people eat at 
more regular times. And if it's not a good restaurant, people aren't really going to waste their time. So I felt <laughs> I felt like in Singapore, they just want to eat. They don't care where it is. Yeah. They just want to get out there and eat. So uh, it was great for food. I had a blast. Where in Thailand did you go? Well, we uh, we took the train from Luang Prabang. Well, actually, I should back up. We a took train. A, we took a bus from Luang Prabang. To Chiang Mai. To, no, to to the border, uh, to the capital, uh, which is Vientiane. Oh yeah, the the capital of Laos, um, and that bus was was probably the worst bus we took <laughs> because um, we got actually caught in a mudslide on a single single lane mountain pass for about six hours. Oh wow! And. Uh, Covered, covered in three feet of mud. The bus? No, no, the road. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, road, the road. I mean, there was hundreds of vehicles stranded, going oh, up, no. going down. There was nowhere to go. Um, no food, no water, no nothing other than what you had with you. Uh, it was really intense. So uh, we ended up taking the. Tr- we ended up taking that bus. It was supposed to be a twelve-hour bus ride, and then it turned into about an eighteen and a half-hour oh. bus ride. Um, really intense. And then we took the train from 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 the capital down into Thailand. Um, we had some friends coming in from Paris, actually, that we were meeting, so it was kind of a time crunch. We had to get to Thailand, had to go meet them in Bangkok, and we started in Bangkok. Uh, we Actually, I didn't get to see Chiang Mai, oh, really? sadly. Yeah, we ran out of time. We were hoping to go all the way across Laos and go through Chiang Mai and ran out of time, wow. and so missed that whole chunk of Thailand. Which it's I, pretty cool, northern Thailand. It's, I, a little, it's different than, you know, I liked it better than Bangkok, I think. Uh, I Bangkok's would, a little I would, much. I would have much rather seen that than Bangkok, to yeah. be quite honest. We just had people to meet in Bangkok and Bangkok is still Bangkok. You still have to see it and say that you were there. Yeah. Um, we had, I have a friend, a good friend of ours. Um, she taught English in Chiang Mai for a year after we did our trip to Southeast Asia. So I got to, I got to experience a lot of it vicariously through her and, and hear about, about, uh, kind of the differences. So I definitely would love to go back and see it someday. <laughs> um, but we spent most of our time in Thailand, actually in the, the Gulf coast. We, uh, we went in and did uh, Koh Tao and Koh Samui and Koh Phangan, which is three islands yeah. there in the Gulf. I was just in – well, I have a friend in Koh Samui. So okay. I've been there a couple times. Yeah, we liked it. Um, Koh Phangan I didn't go to. Did you go to the uh, the full moon party or we, whatever? We didn't. We, we did go to uh, – I mean I hate to say this, but I feel like even I'm a little too old for the, for the full moon party <laughs> I at know, this point. that's what I said. It's about I to 18-year-olds. <laughs> I was definitely yeah, tripping on whatever they're tripping on. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I'm past the age of that one. Yeah. I'll pass. Well, it's even it's even more ridiculous now because it's not even full moon parties anymore. Now they've got quarter moon, half, half moon, moon parties, three yeah. quarter. I mean, now they're just coming up with any excuse to throw a party. <laughs> um, we really didn't spend a lot of time in in the port town, I guess, which is where they throw these kind of massive parties. We went to the other side of the island, little more beach resort type, uh, relaxed uh, environment. So. I think my experience with Kobangan is probably different than a lot yeah. of white people's. <laughs> um, so you stayed in the Gulf more? You didn't go over to Phuket or anything like that? No, because they were under heavy monsoons. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, apparently, uh, inside the Gulf in the summertime is cl- is clear, and you have to go wintertime to try to get the best weather on the Indian Ocean side yes, of, uh, yeah. of uh, Thailand. Because so, I was there in, I think, in November, December. It was December of last which year. Which would have been the best and time. It, well, it was rainy in Koh Samui. Right. Well, it's it rev- yeah, it's it reversed. reversed. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that when I was there, but it did rain almost every day, mm-hmm. which is kind of a drag. You know, when you're in a beach community and it's <laughs> raining, it's just like then it gets boring. Yeah, I'm just like as cheap as the massages are, 
That's you can only true. get so many after a while. Yeah, like, you get tired uh, of the, even that. Even yeah, tired, and you know it's dull when it's tired of a cheap massage. Yeah, well, I had some, I had some questionable massages over my time in Asia oh, too. Did so. you questionable? Yeah. When you say well, questionable, it depends you? how you define questionable, obviously. But uh, <laughs> let's say you walk into the massage parlor and uh, it's nothing but young, fairly attractive Asian girls behind the counter, and. Right. You agree to whatever massage time and everything that you want, and you go to the room to get a massage, and a lady boy walks into your mm-hmm. room. And for people that have been to Asia, I'm sure I'm not the first or the last guy to tell that story. But it makes for a little bit more of an uncomfortable massage situation. Well, it's good that you could even tell the difference. A lot of times you can't even tell. <laughs> yeah. Well, I almost wish I couldn't in that situation. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> ignorance is bliss, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean... I, is it me or is your hand seem big <laughs> is, is your on my bag? five o'clock shadow worse than mine? <laughs> your grip seems <laughs> especially strong. Um, how about uh, any rip-offs? Anything uh, you and your girlfriend come through? We did. Actually, uh, it was... I'm, and I'm kind of glad this happened right off the bat. Uh, our, our, our second day in Bali, so literally the first time we've been in a third world country... Uh, we made the mistake of of looking around town for the for the best deal on money exchange. Oh. Now, someone should have told us that usually if it sounds too good to be true, it's because it is, and it was certainly the case. Um, <laughs> oh no! Uh, the guy had some just some fancy finger moves and managed to skim some of the money that we exchanged off the top. Now, luckily, it seemed like a lot when we were counting it, but it really only was about thirty dollars because uh-huh. we did about a hundred dollar changeover. So he took about a third, a little about a third of, oh. of the money that we had exchanged. But it was a, it was the best possible time and situation for it to happen because I never let my guard down when it came to that kind of thing the rest of the trip. Things so, like that are going to happen if you've never been out. You know, you're going to have to get of course get, take your lumps along and, the way. And luckily, if, it was only thirty bucks. And you know, and even if even if you uh, you consider yourself to be a pretty sharp individual. This is what they do. This is their this is their livelihood. So these they know what they're doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they, they're good at it. And uh, so you, you learned some lessons. Did you have a uh, your budget being like a like a per day kind of budget, or did you say per month we're going to spend this much? Um, I mean, sh- luckily I traveled with an accountant, so oh. she she's able to handle budget in a way that I could never even hope to. <laughs> did you get an allowance every day? I- I'll say this: we definitely didn't stay within our budget overall on the tr- on any of our traveling. And I think most people probably don't really stay in their budget. Budget's more of of a of a pipe dream of where I'd like to keep at the cost of things. But right. when when there's, I mean, there's so many unexpected expenses that come with traveling, along with anything else you do in life. That yeah, sure, you can budget X number of dollars for food and X number of dollars for buses and everything else and room and all that good stuff. But you just you don't take into consideration that. You know, you're going to want that one extra massage. You're going to see that <laughs> that one thing that you have to buy for a friend or for yourself or for anybody else. And so, I would say uh, we did have a daily budget, which helped us to know about where we wanted to pay per night for our hotel, about what we could afford for food every day, and we tried to keep it close. Did you have any of those screw it moments? We're going to pay whatever. Like you, you finally get it. You're hot. You're sweaty. You've had the nightmare ride of your life, and you're going. You know what? We're going to stay in a place with a hot shower. And a nice bed every other week. <laughs> <laughs> you need it though. Yeah, At least for every a night. Other week. It's like some place we don't have to like. Ah, uh, we want to be waited on and just relax. I, I would say, uh, well, Bali, we didn't do that. Bali, I mean, our first two nights in Bali, we booked from the states, so yeah. those were probably our nicest accommodations throughout Bali, and we probably paid three times what we would have paid if we would have booked it when we arrived. Exactly. Um, 
other than that, Bali, we did it really, really backpacker style. We were beach bungalows, and uh, we spent a lot of time in Ubud, which is central Bali. Yeah, I was there. Was, I'm sure you did. You have there. that suckling pig. I did have the suckling pig, oh. even the pig ear, and a bunch of other funky bits of pig that they don't serve. So, and you often. know, it's kosher over there. So, yeah, don't worry right. about That's it. That's what I kept telling myself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's so good. It was a uh, there. We you know we would find uh, they have uh, interesting uh, family. Uh, dwellings there where it's almost like compounds mini compounds and they've got grandparents aunts uncles kids from every generation all living on the same place and they're big enough where they can rent out rooms and so i think for people traveling on a real budget in bali that was probably one of the best options and the best part is you can haggle oh yeah 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 and if you like to haggle this is a place you'd love to go well that's the other thing i hate to haggle so markets for me and everything like that, because every town in Asia has a market, mm-hmm. and every guidebook says, oh, you know, no visit is complete without going to the night market. And after about your 50th market... You've seen one, you've yeah, seen them and all. and they're all selling the same crap, mm-hmm. and uh, I hate haggling, so they're really not a great place for me. Yeah. Is uh, Natalie a haggler? Is she no, good? No, she's the opposite of a haggler, where if the second someone throws out a price she doesn't like, she just walks away. Yeah. And I tried Hold to on, explain my to her that, wait a minute... This is just a this is just the starting yeah, point. It's a this, game. Is a, this is a game and you have to play their game if you want to get the price that you feel that you can get. At the same time, when you're haggling in in a in a currency that uh I think it was like eight thousand of theirs is one one dollar. Yeah, you're arguing over fifty cents. You're, you fight, you're fighting over five thousand of their. But they currency. know that too. They know that it becomes the principle after a it while. Does you become don't, the principle. You, and I don't care how much the amount is. You hate to feel like you got ripped off. It's a bad feeling. It is it's a always bad a bad feeling. feeling. I think for me, it's more just a competitive thing. I'm so competitive that I just want to feel like I won every time. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> is uh, is she a shopper or are you a shopper? I'm definitely the shopper. You are. Yeah, she okay. she is the uh, she's the the thrifty one. She's the one that. Makes Makes a lot more money than me, but yet spends half the money that I spend. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm the one with the with the loose. Pockets. Maybe she appreciates it more than you. Was she good with like leaving a job for that long? Was she okay with it? She was okay. She was... We both had a hard time wanting to come back and start kind of you know getting back into the swing. Yeah, yeah. So how long? So it was three months in Southeast Asia. It was three months total in Southeast Asia. And then you flew to France. We flew to Paris. Uh, you didn't hit anything in between. You skipped over the India. Everything. We, we went. Well, we had a lay. We had a lay, layover in. Uh, in ba- Bahrain, which is oh, in the Middle East. Emirates? Were you from yes. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's an island off of the coast of Saudi Arabia, yep. I believe. Um, we had a stop over there, and we went right in the heart of Ramadan, which made it very oh, interesting because they didn't want to serve food. Eat. Right. <laughs> um, we were only there a couple hours, luckily. <laughs> uh, nothing nothing too uh, And plus, too we extreme. don't serve your kind, Mr. Yes, Rosenfeld. exactly. And my last name was probably not the best place, <laughs> place to be with it. Um, so, yeah, pretty much we pretty much flew from... Uh, from, let's see where, yeah, from Bangkok to Bahrain to Paris. Okay. So quite a culture shock from one to the other. Yes, yes. Um, and this is still summer? This was the tail end of summer, so probably about September. Oh, beautiful time for beautiful Paris. Beautiful time. I had a blast. Uh, my girlfriend has a French passport. She's fluent in French. Her, oh, perfect. Her, so so I had that edge. I have some very good friends that live in Paris. So, so you had a place to stay. You were hooked up. We had up. a place to stay. We had places to visit. We That's had, nice. I had translators with me at all times. Um, so yeah, that helped a lot. Uh, and then we made our way to the south of France, which is where Natalie's mother lives. What town? It's actually not in a town. She is surrounded by sunflower fields. So wow. it is, it is, uh, it's probably about two hours 
uh, east of the Pyrenees Mountains, which which uh, basically is the border between Spain and France. Oh, okay. So the southwest corner of the country, more or less. Nice. Beautiful place, absolutely stunning, a bit boring. Um, the, the closest major city I would, I would give to give people a ge- geographic sense would be Toulouse. Okay. Which is probably about an hour and a half, two hours east of where we were. Right. Um, so we spent between, between the south of France and Spain because we did a little Spanish road trip. We were there a, almost two months, a month and a half, two months. Oh, wow. That's perfect. Yeah, it was a beautiful. nice time of year. It was great. Was the, uh, the sea, the Mediterranean still swimmable then? Was it swimmable but not ideal? Yeah. I think, I think we were probably about three weeks, four weeks out of, of you missed it. Really, too late. really swimmable waters. We still did. Yeah. We still went for it, but it wasn't, uh, Warmer than Los Angeles, warmer than Southern California well, yeah. waters. I don't think that's really hard to compare, <laughs> um, but uh, but not quite uh, pleasant. But you missed all the August holiday crowds and all. Yes, that. we definitely missed all the holiday crowds. Where in Spain did you go? Um, well, we did we did quite a few places. We more or less followed the the coastline down. Um, we major cities we saw like Valencia, Barcelona, obviously. I've never been to Valencia. I've only been to Barcelona and Madrid. Well, so. Valencia was beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful and Madrid is beautiful. I, well, we, Madrid. I like Madrid. I like Madrid a lot. I really enjoyed Madrid. Um, I can't tell you the name of the area that we ended up staying because it was a timeshare and it wasn't even in the city. It was just on the coastline in a small town. Um, Did you? You didn't end up going down to like the was it the, the Costa Costa del Sol or whatever? That was I think Sevilla that's, that's, and down no, way, that's down further south. south. I I would say Andalusia. We, we probably went about halfway down the coast, okay. so about the midway point of the country. Some something like that. All right. So so you did. So now you're in France and Spain. Mm-hmm. That's another month and a half. That's another month and a half. And then is that when you came back to the states? And then after, well, that was when we decided. I can actually, I can tell you, it was right around, or maybe right before Halloween that we ended up making our our return. It was mid to late October, and we decided in a week. I mean, we were in the south of France, and we we had been trying to figure out work or something to prolong our time in in Europe. And uh, things just got stagnant. We got bored and starting to get broke and bought our tickets, flew back to California. So with her um, passport, could mm-hmm. she get like a – can she work without a well, visa there? She, let me expand on her on her citizenship. Yeah. Uh, although she's probably not going to like that. I'm, <laughs> I'm voicing all her citizenship stuff on the radio here. But You're uh, outing her, her, <laughs> I'm totally her outing status? Her. She's a dual, dual citizen. She's born in Tarzana. So, uh, okay. So she was born in, in Southern California. Her mom is from Spain. Her dad is from the French Caribbean. So uh, oh. they both have French passports. Her, both her parents have American and French passports, and she does the same. So hmm. she can come and go as she pleases. But uh, but working is a different thing. I mean, you, I guess well, she's a citizen. No, she's a citizen. So she's a fine. citizen. So of she both. can but she can work anywhere in the EU then. Absolutely. And we were looking all over the EU, not just in France. In fact, she doesn't really want to be in France. We were looking. Exclusively outside of France. Well, doesn't that's when you really get hit with the fact that people talk about unemployment here when mm-hmm. it hits like ten percent, people yeah. are freaking out. Absolutely, the unemployment rate in Spain is like twenty five percent. And if you're I under think forty, it's even worse than that. If you're now. under forty, I think it's like forty percent. Mm-hmm. It's uh, no, there's no work, and it's long, it's no long term. And in fact, that was the country we really wanted to be. And I'll tell you, of all the places I've been in Europe at this point, I think Spain would be the one I'd want to live in more than all of them. Really, Absolutely. most people say Italy. I've been to Italy. I spent six weeks in Italy. I loved Italy. 
but I like Spanish a lot more than I like Italians. I'll tell you, <laughs> really? I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. What is it? What's the difference you find? Spanish are so laid back. Span- mm-hmm. You know what? The Spanish are the European Californians, I think. That's really what it is. <laughs> I, I, can, I can relate to them on a fundamental level of living in a warmer climate uh, and just having, having more I, – I feel like Californians more than, than the average Americans are people that love life and are less preoccupied with kind of the mundane aspects. We still do it. We still work. We still yeah, pay our yeah. bills. But it's not our priority in the same way that it would be for, say, someone from the Midwest, I feel like. Okay. And maybe I'm biased because I'm born and raised here. I don't know. Yeah, you might be. I might be just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but uh, I felt like that was that was very much the Spanish mentality. I mean, obviously, with a 40% in a yeah. rate under 40 years old. Um, these guys are going out and partying all the time. They got nothing else to do with themselves. Yeah, my friends in Madrid who uh, I met through Adam Blager. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, they just moved to London. That'd be a good guy uh, to get on your show too. He's, by he's done it. Oh, has he done it? Of course, he's oh, been here. Of course, he has. Um, but you know, our friends there—they grew up in Madrid mm-hmm. and finally had to—they moved to London last year because they said there's just no work here. There's just there's no future. It's true. It's tough. It's tough to see, isn't it? It is. It's absolutely tough. I, I mean. My girlfriend has family there, so I did get to, right. to speak to some people about it. And luckily for her cousins who are you know, in their mid-30s at this point, their father started a company. He works in solar panel, uh, solar panel uh, installation. They mm-hmm. own a company. And so both of his daughters are able to work for, for the family business. But outside of their family business, I mean they have mo- more or less all of their friends are unemployed or, or, or in between or yeah. – what have you, you know, so it's... Uh, and you don't want to have to go to Germany No, Germany. No, Germany's intimidating. <laughs> Germany's intimidating. I mean, uh, I... Did we, you get up there? We, we actually just stopovers. We uh, we had stop. We had layovers in Dusseldorf and in Berlin. Okay, Berlin's pretty cool. Berlin's I cool. I, I, I Actually, I think, I think Germany's a beautiful place. Uh, and I mean, I, it's been one of my lifelong dreams to really drive aggressively on the, oh, the Autobahn. Autobahn. I, I feel like that's something it. you got to do at some point. In some German engineering. I'm kicking myself, actually, when I was just there last year to not Not, not take it. advantage? Yeah. I, I took the train from uh, Munich to Berlin. Now I'm thinking, oh, I should have drove it. should have driven. Although, you know, that's kind of risky, too, at the yeah. same time. I mean, And pricey. To and pricey, yeah. And the trains are so nice. The trains are nice. Oh, and, and, and they're just right to the second. To the second. They're so German with that. I mean, it doesn't... Perfect. Perfect. I'd say to, I'd say speaking of trains, I say the Japanese are the most efficient on train, great. on train timeliness. At did this you take point. the bullet train? We did. We oh. took several. We took several. I did that. Well, I went to uh, uh, Osaka. Mm-hmm. No, no, I went from Tokyo to Kyoto. Yeah, I did Kyoto to Tokyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, it's great. Yeah, they're they're pretty convenient, especially if you're doing if you're doing something that's several hundred miles, and the th- thought that you can do it in an hour oh. or an hour and a half and never leave uh, the ground. Never leave the ground. Yeah, and, and even better is the Japanese, for those of you that are cigarette smokers, they, uh, they cater to smokers in their trains. So there's smoking cars <laughs> yeah. or there's little, uh, little compartments where you can kind of sneak off and have a cigarette. So. But that's pricey too. Talk about uh, – that'll yeah, blow your budget. Too. Well, that's why Japan. you buy – that's why – yeah. That's why you buy everything before you get to Japan. <laughs> exactly. You get all your stuff in China where they yes, make it. Absolutely. You, uh-huh. So – you didn't mention Tokyo in your... Well, that's because that was a different trip. Okay. We so, haven't gotten there yet. So Europe, you come back. You've been home for... You were home for how long? And then you decide, okay... We were, we were in between... Uh, so we came back in on that October. That was October of 2010. And uh, our next trip didn't... We were, we were around California for almost another year. 
kind of planning our next trip. Were you getting like freelance jobs? Doing freelance jobs. Um, and I mean, it's really, it's really amazing at, at how, when you put yourself in that situation, how many people you really have out there that, that help out. I mean, we stayed with family, we stayed with friends. Um, we were here in Southern California. We were in the Bay Area for several months and uh, kind of floating around, figuring out what we want to do and started planning. We said, you know what? We just want to travel more. And so that's what we did. We started planning our trip and uh, we ended up driving cross country in December of last year when we had decided everything. We had planned everything. We put more or less everything we still owned, uh, all our all our possessions in the back of our car and did a 22-day road trip, did – in uh, December. In December, which so is the worst choice. time of yeah, year. Yeah, it's kind of an odd choice. To... And, and to make matters even more interesting, we didn't go the southern route. We went the northern route. Oh, sure. You want to drive through the Rockies in of the middle course. of the winter? Yeah, good We call. wanted to see That's Mount Rushmore and things like that. Yeah, so we and did freeze it. your balls off. Yeah, we did 5,500 miles over the course of uh, 22 days. Um, covered A couple 15, Southern California natives. Yep. Southern California natives, natives bundled. Oh, I can't imagine how painful. Way. You're scraping your windshield. How'd you like that? Even Not even scraping. We bought a windshield scraper with a built-in heating mechanism to break the ice <laughs> off. We used it uh, three times the entire of course. time, actually. We actually got lucky. Uh, December last year turned out to be a really mild month, and... Uh, yeah, we just we really lucked out. Every time, everybody we told that's from the East Coast or from the northern parts like, of the country. What are you country, nuts? Is this, yeah. it, was this, it was the comment. From Chicago, we got I would never long. drive across yeah, country during exactly. that time. The um, so was this part of all parts of country you haven't been to? Haven't uh, seen for the most part. For the most part, um, I would say everything west of Colorado that we saw, we've seen. And once we went north and we hit the Black Hills of South Dakota, and then took the Interstate ninety. Cross cross country. Everything else was new territory. Yeah. Um, beautiful, cold, and speaking of Chicago, I would say it was my first time there, and it was an amazing, amazing city. Isn't One it of awesome? the best in the country. Everybody loves down. it. I always tell people that you got to go, and they do. They As long as I've lived out here, I've been here almost 15 years, mm. but every time I would say I'm from Chicago, you either get – nine times out of ten, people go, oh, yeah. love that city. It, and it, it actually looks nicer every time I go back, it does. which is not the case – of most cities, you know, around the country that I go to. But there I go, I was like, Jesus, it looks better than when I grew up here. It yeah. Looks, it's, it's great. It's a beautiful place. And you were there in the shittiest time. We were there a week before Christmas. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. A week the before Christmas. The first three months, January through March, you should skip it all together. Skip it altogether. Well, we were in Asia, so don't worry about that. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> but uh, I, think the thing, I think the really interesting thing about Chicago is, is it's one of the few cities in the country where – you ask the West Coast residents, you ask the East Coast residents, and they both love Chicago. If you ask a New Yorker what they feel about L.A., you know the answer is going to yeah, be nothing they... positive and, <laughs> and vice versa. So you, you, you ask a, an L.A. native or a New York native what they think of Chicago, and they both love it for different reasons, the same reasons. Yeah. It's like the neutral – it's a city that everyone can agree is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, if, good time. So you went to New York after that? We didn't. We, uh, our, our route was Chicago. We made our way through Cleveland, Ohio, oh. uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is where my father's from. So I have a lot oh, of family okay. there. We spent a lot of time there. Uh, went to D.C. Neither one of us has seen this, the country's capital. So it felt trip. like it was only right. And, uh, and then we made our way south to, uh, to southern Florida, which is where Natalie's father lives. So oh, you skipped <laughs> past New York, bypassed New York. We You've just been didn't before, have time. Been in New York. Okay. We just didn't have time to do the whole New Why York, Cleveland? Boston. Why would you go I have a friend that's, uh, that's going to grad school. I know. There must have been something. It, you must have known somebody there. It was the only reason. It's depressing, isn't it? It is depressing. 
Yeah. I mean, mm. he lives in a castle, and it's still depressing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that castle that cost $100,000. Yeah, and they probably pay $40 a month in rent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, uh, so you went down to the... Where in Florida? Uh, it's called Delray Beach, so oh, yeah, sure. thirty minutes north of Fort Lauderdale. You know exactly Something where it is. Yeah. You know exactly. We're all the uh, we're all the uh, what do they call them? Seabirds. All the New York snowbirds. The snowbirds. The there snowbirds, we go. The snowbirds yeah. come to to flock. And the uh, Canadians yes, and everybody exactly. else. Yeah. Yeah, I have tons of family in Florida. Mm. The, but you've been down there, haven't you? Oh, yeah. My, uh, most of my family's in Orlando. They oh, escaped yeah. Pennsylvania to go to, to, go to Florida sure. as well. <laughs> sure. It's the Jew migration. Of course. Absolutely. What was the uh, – what Seinfeld used to say about it? It's like uh, my parents just moved to Florida. They didn't want to, but they turned 65, and that's the law. <laughs> and that's just the way it has to be. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I don't think I saw that episode, but I have to keep it Yeah, my gra- – no, that was like from his old act. Oh, is that one of his old stand-up yeah, bits? Yeah. Huh? So after the cross-country trip – you went back to Europe? No, 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 no. Back no, to Europe. Asia. Back to Asia. Back to Asia. Yeah. The, nothing. Uh, so back to – where in Asia? Well, uh, we basically uh, covered everything that we missed more or less the, the first time around. Um, Hong Kong? We, well, actually, yeah. We did – we actually did, Hong Kong. We actually did do a stopover on our trip to Hong Kong – on our first trip in Hong Kong. Um, but for a day. Oh. So I didn't really get to see much of it. Um, but this trip, we actually started in the Philippines. Oh. Which uh, I actually, some of the most gorgeous beaches in the entire which ones world. Where did you go? Uh, we went to uh, Palawan, which is a thin, long island. It's the furthest southwestern island in the entire, in the entire okay. uh, chain. Um, it's kind of standalone. It's kind of separate from the rest of the, of the, of the cluster. Um, by and large, that island was not much to look at, but uh, there's a small city on the top northern uh, point. It's called El Nido, and uh, it's surrounded by limestone outcroppings. So you rent, uh, rent a boat uh, from one of the villagers, and they take you out to all these various limestone islands that dot the, the coast oh, that there. That nice. And they, the water was as clear as I've ever seen it, and just it was beautiful. Out How there. did you find this place? Um, well, we, we have a lot of friends that travel, so we picked a lot of people's brains to get ideas of where we'd, what, where we would like to be. And, uh, you know, we did what everyone else does. We bought, we bought the guidebooks and we did our research that way. We went on the internet. I mean, we did what everyone else does and we kind of just picked places. So we found it that way. My big problem I had with the uh, Philippines, food sucks. Yeah, I will agree with you. Food sucks. And, and, uh, Natalie would also strongly agree with you. She's a... (laughs) She's a quasi vegetarian, oh, yeah. and they are they even when it's a veg, like vegetarian fried rice, and she's like, "What is this? Oh, that's ham." Yeah, well, that's not vegetarian. They then. love the pig down there. Yeah, they really oh, love do the they pig. love a pig. But man, I uh, that's the first thing I brought up to Marla when she was here. Food sucks. Philippines. Let's talk about it. Why does the food suck so badly? And they're surrounded by Asia, all mm-hmm. these amazing foods. You it's know, true. it's like Vietnam's right there, Thailand. It's just China. Come on, nope. Screw it up. No, the Philippines, they're, they're kind of isolated in that way, I guess. Yeah. Did you go through well, – I, I wasn't a big fan of Manila. I wasn't either. We didn't even spend a full day in Manila, yeah. to tell you the truth. We knew we didn't want anything to do with Manila. Um, we, our flight landed in Manila when we arrived in Asia, probably 10, 10 p.m., and we slept over one night, and we were back at the airport at 8 a.m. So yeah. like, we, knew, we knew we were just using it for the airport. Yeah. Well, I had the night, I've talked about it on this show, my nightmare – Manila airport experience, but uh, did you fly into the main airport 
and then you go to Fly the other airport, Clark. and they call it a different terminal. Yeah, but it's not a great? terminal. It's no. another airport, you idiots. It's Which is like, over an hour away. Yes! <laughs> through traffic. Of, oh, awful. We made that exact mistake, actually. And I thought a four-hour layover was going to be plenty. We needed every bit of those four oh, yeah, hours. Absolutely. Oh. We did this. We did. I think we did literally the same. It was about a four-hour stop. We landed. We jumped in a cab. They took us to the bus station. We jumped on a bus and we took it right to Clark. We flew Cebu Pacific Airlines. Yeah, we did. We, fly did, them? we did oh, do, they, Well, we actually were flying from Manila to to Cebu. So okay. So did you go to Boracay? We did. Uh, no, we didn't do Boracay. We went from Cebu. We went to um, what is that called? There's a there's an island. It's called uh, there's a, a small island called Alona Beach. Um, it's next to another one. It's called – it's another bee island, which is close to Boracay, and it is totally escaping me right now. It is, uh, it is a place where, where you can see um, the chocolate hills. Bohor. Bohol. Okay. Bohol. B-O-H-O-L. Yeah, Bohol. Okay. There we go. I knew it would come to me. <laughs> and so they had the chocolate hills, which for anyone that has no idea what I'm talking about. Which are delicious. They are delicious, and I wouldn't recommend <laughs> eating them. <laughs> You'll get a lot of grass in your mouth. Um, it was it was just bizarre. The, there are hills that uh, the way that it was explained to me. There's some kind of mineral erosion that creates these uh, identical little soft rolling hills, and hundreds of them just side by side by side. And it's just a weird ge- geographical uh, hmm. uh, phenomenon. I've never seen anything like it. Um, and then they also had something that I was really excited about, which is a small animal. And it and and it's uh, it's basically looks like a bat without wings, got giant eyes and huge ears. It's a it's a nocturnal hunter, um, and it can jump great distances. And it is called a tarsier. 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 I may be butchering that. T a r s i e r. And uh, they have uh, they have little little. Uh, How big is it? How big of a thing? We. It is. We're talking about the four inches. Oh, okay. from head to tail. Oh, so, so it's a little mini- miniature, but the eyes are half the size of their bodies. So, <laughs> really, really fascinating little creatures. And uh, well, I'm sure they found the locals have found a way to cook it badly. Well, I think they're, yeah, they probably have. Their big problem. How can we is, make this uh, taste bad? Okay. So they have a they have a big problem with those as far as uh, as far as wealthy foreigners coming and taking those pets because they are oh. they're isolated creatures in nature so don't do well being held don't do well being yeah. kept in cages and it's a it's a problem so we we really wanted to go to a place that was more of a preservation uh, you know kind of minded uh, facility mm-hmm. so we did we did that route so the philippines and what else did the you the philippines hit? and then we went to the island of borneo to the to the malaysian island uh, yes. side of the island of borneo i didn't get there i went to kuala lumpur yes which we did as well but and, which is later. on the different island and then yes. you you can whip on over to borneo there yeah. so, and that's where the like the crazy animals are that's where well they say if you are a, like a nature adventurous type type individual that would be Definitely on your bucket list, and that's where the orangutans. That is are, where right? the giant orangutans were, which once again we missed due to weather. No, yes, uh, we. What uh, do they say inside watching TV? Well, no, the, the <laughs> preserve where that where we were going to try to go, you have to be boated in, and oh. uh, we got while we were there, we got caught in a pretty intense storm, which they would refuse to take boats out in. So we missed our we missed our window to be able to see the orangutans. I was I was definitely disappointed about it, uh, but. Oh. Live, live, in the, live and learn, I guess. It is and, what it is. But so tell me, what's Borneo like? I mean, in terms of tourist infrastructure. Well, it just seems like a wild jungle. 
It's not. It's definitely uh, – I mean it can be. You have that. Um, the one thing that I thought uh, was a little bit unpleasant about it is they really require you to have permits and you have to jump through so many bureaucratic hoops just to be able to go hike in their mountains there or go to any of their preserves or anything like that. You can't just wake up in the morning and say, I think I want to go hike – you know, in the mountains today, right. you really have to plan it ahead. And there's fees attached and things like that. And they're not huge fees. But when you're there for months and months, you really have to be selective about where you spend your money. So uh, the cities there are like anywhere else in Malaysia. For anyone that's been to the mainland Malaysia, it's kind of like being there. Other than the fact that you can really get out into some really pristine and, uh, and picturesque nature. How long were you there? We spent about a week on the island. Okay. Um, which while we were there, we passed through. There's a small city state in the middle called Brunei. Brunei, I think. Oh it yeah, is. yeah. The and Sultan. It's, it's a it's, it's a Sultan. It's he's uh, always one of the the richest man in the world is, for a while. He is one of the richest men, and and his brother is 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 very famous too. Prince Prince Joffrey. Which yeah, is he was like the guy who the playboy, and he would spend all the money on crazy he, stuff. He apparently stole several billion dollars and fled to the UK. I think is where mm-hmm. he is today. Um, so th- it was it was a uh, very, uh, very boring. It's almost, boring place it's almost like Singapore honest. in a way, right? It's like this little city state. Yes, but Singapore, that's... Singapore at least embraces the Western kind of way of doing things. Well, it's very way. Muslim, right? Brunei? It's very Muslim. It's very. There's a lot of mosques, um, which is fine. Mosques are beautiful. I was expecting a wealthier looking place, to be honest. I was expecting the gold line streets to you know yeah. sort of kind of place and it it's not it's it still feels second world maybe well, not third, know, prince joffrey world. took off with all the money that's so. probably where all the money went <laughs> so so okay so you went through there we went through there uh we started in uh kota kinabalu which is i believe the main city there on the island of borneo and we which is on the northeastern corner of the island and then made our way across the northern coastline basically mm-hmm. um heading heading west and from the western western point, we went to uh, Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital of Malaysia on the peninsula, which is... Uh, what did you think of that? I went, uh, you know, it, it, it reminded me, I said it was like Singapore, if Singapore had a beer once in a while. Yeah, it's a poor man's Singapore is but what, what is. Prob- the problem I had with it is like they, anything the old historic stuff, they got rid of and, and put a mall up mm-hmm. or an office building yeah. in, in the, you know, for quote unquote progress. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's I, I want to see... Now you're just another city. I could be in Denver. It's with, true. Except it's a lot hotter here. It is a it was a lot hotter. <laughs> it is definitely a lot hotter. Well, this, this trip was a little bit a little bit less extreme for us cuz we were there January, February okay. instead of in the heart of summer. So, still hot, still humid, not quite oppressive. as intense. Yes, yeah. not quite as oppressive. Um my big gripe with it was just like you're speaking about the stuff that they would tear down and build these giant yeah. modern That's the stuff tourists want to see. Which, which is, yeah. Your, your history. We, we, could, we have all those things <laughs> yeah. here. I didn't go here to see a mall. Exactly. And there was one place where they, they're fam- famous, the, the towers there. Yeah, the big, yeah. The big pr- pr- Patronus, is Patronus, Patronus Towers. Patronus towers. Yeah. And there's a, a bridge connecting the two. I think it's yeah. about 30 or 40 stories up. Um, we went there. It's the tourist thing to do there. And we, we were curious about going up to see it. And the woman at the counter basically told us that it was forty or fifty dollars a person. Yeah, I didn't go. Fifteen minutes on it. I didn't go. I didn't bother. I, I, I mean, I didn't either because if I want to go 
40 or 50 floors up. I'll do it somewhere where yeah. I don't have to pay 50 bucks. <laughs> um, just didn't really make any sense to me. So I do agree with you. They definitely took a lot of that stuff out. Um, we spent a lot of time. We actually stayed in like the old Chinatown area. Oh, yeah, yeah. So we still kind of were in older Malaysia, I guess you could say. And we got around. We did the entire peninsula. We were on the peninsula of Malaysia for three and a half weeks, almost four weeks. Well, did you go to that one uh, heritage town? Like Nats, the It's like a river, a little through it. You're, you're talking about... Uh, I, I never remember the name of this oh, place. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about, and it is on the tip of my tongue, and I'm sure I will think yeah. about it. What was that called? My goodness. Um Ah, we gotta, anyway, this is the second week in a row that yes. I've forgotten the name of that place. I should just start writing down all the places while, while, while I'm here. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so, so we, Malaysia. We went to Malaysia. We did Kuala Lumpur. We went all the way up the the western coastline. We did um, Georgetown, which is, an, uh, which is a city on an island off the coast of Malaysia. Used to be an old, uh, an old colonial uh, city. So it's definitely got that European mm-hmm. influence. Um, and from there, we went up to the most northern point, which is another island, but this is more like – this is the Malaysians equivalent of their beach, their you know their nice beach yeah. island where, where their people would go to get away it's from their Hamptons. Home. It is their Hamptons. <laughs> so um, we, went up, we went up and did uh, that island up there and um, Malacca is the name of the Malacca, city that Malacca. That was about. it. I knew it was yes. going to come to because it was the Thank next place Thank you so we much. That was bugging me. Malacca. So we went to Malacca afterwards, and it was beautiful. Old old Chinese city on a river, just like you said. Um, definitely the best example, I think, of that that old Malaysia, which is very much a colonial country. It's very yeah. much got that European influence and and you know mixed with that Chinese influence. I think that's really the best way to describe it. Is is China meets meets Europe? Yeah. Um, so we did that, and then um, and then from there we went to Singapore. Yep. Okay. From there, we went to Singapore. So now, if it, okay, so this was a second trip. This is a overseas. second time in Singapore too. Okay, so second time overseas, mm-hmm. and then you came back to America when? Came back to America in March. Okay, in March, and, and you've been here ever since. Been in the states ever since. Okay, so what's the plan now? What is the uh, what's the future hold for Young Justin and Natalie? <laughs> future. That's a good question. Yeah. I wish I had a really good answer. Believe me, my girlfriend would love it if I did. <laughs> um, the, the plan right now, we're, I think we're kind of on a two-year plan where it's like stay in Los Angeles, work, uh, reacquire furniture and things like that that we don't own anymore. <laughs> but and, do, you, do you want that stuff? I mean, do you, do you still – is that part of you going, ah, oh, this is we, – we can't take off again if we're going to get all this stuff? I think in everything that we do going forward at this point – that is in the back of our heads with everything. Um, part of us during our last baby, trip, yes. Oh, trust me, that's the that's the big one. That's the big yeah. one. The baby talk is a, do it is now, man. If you, if you can leave, you got to do it now. <laughs> well, that's why we kind of did the last two trips. But once you've done the trips and you yeah. and you realize how much fun it is, you don't want to have a kid after that because you yeah, want to be able can't to do that again. It. So. Uh, Preaching to the choir here, yes, my friend. I'm sure I am. I'm but sure it's a am. big world, you know. It so is a big I mean, world. what's the ideal next trip you want to take? If you could pick- ideal, well, I'll tell you the trip we were actually gonna do, which was we were gonna do, uh, we were gonna do Europe in in a like a, an old Volkswagen van or something. Oh, of that nature. get a VW bus. That was sure. our plan. We were gonna buy it, buy it like an old an old bus, go cross, you know, cross Europe. We have, I knew, I probably have friends in. 
10 plus countries, you know, so we have a lot of places we could go and visit and places to stay and people to show us around. And awesome. That, that would be a little bit more of an expensive uh, trip than some of the ones we've done recently. And uh, so, yeah, I would say that would be the next trip if we do it as far as a real trip. I mean, the trips we're planning now are more of the two-week variety, more vacations than they are yeah. traveling. Um, I've noticed what happened in all these. I haven't heard a lot of uh, South America or Africa. You know what? She really wants to go to Africa. I, I would go. It's definitely not something that I'm that I've dreamed of, and I really do want to do South America. In fact, we almost went to Chile instead of going back to South South Southeast Asia. Um, and we had talked about going to some some South American countries. Ultimately, we decided not to because the place that I really wanted to go in this entire world, which, which was the last place that I went on this trip, which we didn't actually get to, which was Japan. Oh. So that was actually the big motivating factor of going back to, to that part of the world was, uh, of all the places in the world, I really, really wanted to see Japan. So we just fleshed it out, <laughs> added some more countries that we hadn't already seen. And you were in Japan in the winter? We were, and it was cold. It's and cold, after man. doing the rest of those countries that that we talked about, going from you know eighty eighty plus degrees and ninety percent humidity all the time to snow, because that's what we got when we got to Japan, was a little intense. And packing when you're backpacking for both is not easy. No, yeah, well, that's what happened to me. I did just did two months in Southeast Asia last. It was December, yeah. hot and everything, and I ended it in Seoul. Which is, you know, yes. last week of December, Very freezing, absolutely. freezing, absolutely. And so uh, I was not, pa- I was wearing everything I had. Mm-hmm. I had to buy buy sweatshirts and all this stuff there, yes. which thank God was not too expensive. But uh, still. Yeah, it's a big, big jump. Well, that doesn't apply to Japan. That it all is very expensive. Yeah, I know. That's the other thing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I at least I got in Japan. I got to go to a uh, a baseball game there. Which oh, is cool. nice. No, I didn't, I can't say that. I uh, I watched a lot of sumo on TV, but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, oh, you didn't get to go live. I, I always want to see live. that live. I, I wanted to go live, and it was just timing just didn't quite work out. Yeah, and it was a shame too because their I think their big national tournament was going Ooh. on in March while we were there. But uh, it's one of those things that you like. Tickets are hard to come by. You know, it's like trying to get Super Bowl tickets. You, you, mm-hmm. If you don't plan for it, it's not like you can just walk over and buy them at the counter. So craziest thing in all these trips that you ate and that you would never eat again. And what was the most Ooh. favorite thing you eat? You ate favorite thing. That's that's tough. If you could have something here every day, then if you I like... could have something here, and and this is going to be a little unfair because all we did was talk about Asia, and I'm going to go straight to Europe with this. Is when I was in Spain, uh, we had uh, paella. Oh, paella, which, yeah. paella, which is something that uh, is pretty common over there. And the one that we ended up having was a was a, my girlfriend's uncle is good friends with the chef, and he made us this ex- extremely exotic seafood paella oh. with lobster and oh. all kinds of seafood in there. And mm. I mean, I could eat it daily. I'd probably gain a hundred <laughs> pounds, but I, it was so good. The seafood in, in Spain was so good. Oh yeah. Everything was, was just, I mean, if I could just transport all that here and the cheeses and things like that, oh, from the, sauce, the ham, the ham, the ham in all, Spain. See, we're back to the pig. Yeah. Again. You see, I can always go back to the pig. <laughs> I'm a big, I'm a big supporter of swine. Right, right, right. Uh, no, no sickness, no food poisoning anywhere. Nothing extreme. Oh, you got lucky. A uh, few days here and there, and neither one of us got vaccinated for any of these trips. So wow. I'm, I'm oh, probably loaded with. Different you didn't get the smallpox or the uh, the tetanus shot. Didn't or? get a single thing. How dare you? I know. And no, you're living on the edge, I, man. We were definitely living on the edge. Yeah. Did you take the malaria pills? Nope. And in fact. 
young Miss Jessica Nims, who was on your show, was the reason I didn't because she told me that she was so sick on those pills she couldn't even eat or do anything yeah. on them. So what's the point if you're, you know, take, a your, of, take yeah. your chances. That's pretty common though. A lot she, of people have a worse effect on the on the pills than they do. I just had like really crazy nightmares. Yeah. Well, see, I would equate that stuff to to you know our pharmaceuticals here, where it's like, oh, you have acne, we'll take this pill. It gives Chances, you some acne. Yeah, possible possible <laughs> side effects are death and suicidal yeah. thoughts and all these other things. It's like, wait a minute, is this just acne we're talking about here, people? Uh, malaria and acne don't necessarily stack up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I made my choice nonetheless. Um, what did you learn about the world, and how has that changed you now that you've seen so much of it? That how are you different now than before you left? Ooh. I would say that of anything I've done in my entire life, 32 years and running at this point, traveling, like really traveling, is probably the best teacher that I've experienced. The best, the best, the best experience as far as something that you, you can't put a price tag on. There's, there's no financial price tag that I would say you would say traveling is not worth it. I, there's no amount of money that I would say makes it not worth it. Um, how I'm different, it made me appreciate where I come from, obviously, when you travel third world, you realize what third world really means. It's easy to put a to put a uh, kind of a a picture in your head of what third world really really translates to when you live in a place like the U.S. Um, but until you've really been there and really seen what that really really looks like, you can't really appreciate and res- and and have respect for for you know the kind of lifestyle that you've that you've been allowed to to live as being someone fortunate enough to be here. With that being said, I'd say the flip side to that is that is that those people are – you realize that everywhere around the world is a lot more similar than you would ever think. These places are definitely very different, but there's there, – to me, there's more similarities globally than there are differences at this point. So I would think that would be the real, the real lesson that I would take away from it is, is realizing that no matter where you go, people are still people, you know, buildings are still buildings. They might not look the same. They might not act the same, but – and that people still basically want the same stuff yeah, all around the have world. The same basic. We just desires. want to get to <laughs> have a job, you know, be able to raise your family in a safe place, and you know, provide for them, and just feel safe, you know, basically. The men in Indonesia are just as tired of their wives as the oh, men in absolutely. America. That's and, the point. and vice versa. And vice versa, absolutely. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of that, what did you learn about your relationship uh, that you didn't know before you left? I learned that we can hate each other pretty much 75% of the time and still be okay at the end of the day. No, <laughs> joking. Uh, yeah, it, it, was a good, it was a good experience um, traveling with someone like that in that kind of confined space. You, uh, you get to know them in ways that you probably wouldn't in any other scenario. Do you recommend it to other couples? I recommend it if you're the gambling sort. Um, it's, the type of, it's the type of experience that will absolutely make or break your relationship. That's the way I see it. Either you guys will break up the second you get home or you guys will probably get married and spend the next you know, 40 years together. It's probably going to yeah. happen that way. It's the way I see it. <laughs> well, if you guys lasted that long, you, gotta, you, know, you made through it. We did. You, you, got did, through you it. did okay the last couple years. We're, we're almost four years running now. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been an adventure. The whole thing has been an adventure. Is the hardest part about this whole thing, like getting a job when you come home? Absolutely. Hands down. The <laughs> hardest thing is going back. Even just not even the actual work because the work is just work. It's more, it's more surrendering your, your mind to the, to the fact that you'll have to go back to some kind of a routine. Because when you're traveling – your routine is oh, so where am I going to have lunch today? Oh, like yeah. what exotic what place? See? Yeah, what should we see today? And 
you wake up when you wake up, you go to sleep when you go to sleep, and everything in between is kind of whatever you want to make of it. That was a harder thing about my uh, three months away when I got back. You know, mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, it, I was so used to this constant stimulation of something new all the time. Absolutely. And every few days, it was like a new city, a new, new country, new this, and new stuff to see. And then you come home, and it's just like, oh, yesterday was a lot like today, and tomorrow's probably going to be a lot like this. Oh. And it's just the monotony, the sameness of it every day. Routine is tough. Routine is tough, and it's even tougher when you have gotten a chance to get to get away from it. Yeah. And most people don't. Most most people that I know, especially before the first trip, uh, most most people here, my experience would be when I would tell them, "Hey, so I'm, we're going to Southeast Asia. We're going to be gone X number of months," and give them all kind of the details. Most people's uh, their reaction would be just one of. Wow, I'm so jealous. I wish I could do that. I and and my at this point having done it, my my message to everyone and anyone would be you can. It's just a matter of what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to risk in order to get there? And that's really what it comes down to. People that say I wish I could, I wish I could, I wish I could. I want to say don't say I wish I could. Say say I'd love to, but I'm not willing to give up all my creature comforts to get there because that's really what you're saying when you say I wish I could, I wish I could, I wish I could. I mean, my girlfriend put me on a eight-month sack lunch before our first trip. So Mr. Dave Stewart, who we talked about earlier, would come up to my desk and ask me if I'd like to go out and have lunch and I unfortunately had to stay and, and do do something I didn't really want to do. I didn't enjoy eating a sandwich at my desk all the uh, you know, sixth grade <laughs> over again. But it allowed me to save the money necessary to do what we did, and, and I would do it in a heartbeat over again at this point. That's a good message. That's a nice way to end it. Yeah. I just happen to know what to say right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Oh, anytime. Is there anything you want to plug or anything you can you – know, is there a website they can go see what you're – See no. your photos or anything? No, I don't have anything online worth uh, worth bringing <laughs> okay. people to. Uh, That's all right. I wish I did. I wish I had something exciting to say in that regard. But uh, no, I would just Any say, place people can see your resume if they're hiring? And travel. Yeah, if you're hiring, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, Justin Rosenfeld, at LinkedIn, I guess. I don't know what that, what that link would be, but I'm sure you'll find me. Um, other than that, yeah. Just keep in mind, he, he might only stay for a few months. B- it's before entirely he leaves possible. Again. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Rosenfeld, everybody. <laughs>